This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. I don't know what it is, man, but I've been pissed off this week. I just feel pissed off. I don't know if it was week one NFL pissed me off. I'm used to being enraged during an NFL game. I don't know if I've let too much uh, political Twitter seep into my feed. I don't know what it is, man. I've just been like enraged this week. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, it was nice to see football back, but I'm with you though. I, it's just like a battle of attrition and just trying to play defense all day on Sunday. Really. It's just what, what is not going to piss me off, but, um, it's pretty much miserable from start to finish uh, football. I don't know how I allowed this to happen, but, um, I hear you. Um, uh, I've been super busy and haven't been able to pay as close attention to the political side as usual, just because football started and everything. But, uh, let, let's hear what, what, what's on your chest, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is specifically. I mean, football is annoying because I have to care, right? Like, if I don't care whether I win or lose, then what am I even doing? Like, why am I even fielding teams and talking about it on the radio? But then it, like, pisses me off that I care. It's like, yeah, the Colts, I had them in Survivor, although not in your pool. Yeah, so I, I heard, so that, I'm, I'm the one that you, you, you last second jumped off the Colts in Survivor? Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel so good about them. They were less than 10-point favorites, so there was no one I felt that good about. So I didn't want to go all in on a week where I didn't feel that great about it. So luckily I did jump off of that, but you know, I'm watching and I'm like so pissed and you know, I mean, I, I write the column for the site. So you know, they lose week yeah. one and it's, it's, you know, whatever it is what it is. But like, I, I'm just like, like so pissed about that, but I'm like, but I don't control this shit. Right. I mean, you have a bunch of games. The best one, according to Vegas is 80% with the chiefs. And there's a good chance, you know, there's one in five chance that you lose one. That's it. It just is what it is. And, and so I shouldn't care. I should have some equanimity and be like, well, I mean, whatever, you know, it's, it's football. It happens. You win some, you lose some. Hopefully over time, your fantasy leagues and survivor and spread picking pools and bets and super contests, we'll get into that in a bit, are good on balance, good enough on balance. That's all you can hope for because you got a hundred different bets going. Of course, you're not going to win them all. It's like, it's like your lineup decisions, like if they're 40, 60 to 50, 50 calls, if it's worse than 40, 60, you're not even going to be you know, divided on what to do. It's obvious. But anywhere between that 40 and 60 in a lineup call, you know, you're going to get a ton of them wrong because 40, 60, I mean, it's, you're going to get, if you have, you know, 12 of them every week, you're going to get, you know, four or five of them wrong at a minimum. And you're going to be pissed when the one you got wrong goes off and you're sitting there with the wrong guy, mm-hmm. which of course I did some of that too. But like, why, how can you live your life like that? How can you live your life being mad about an impossible task where you know, you've got 12 decisions to make and you know you're going to get four or five wrong. You might get seven wrong or eight wrong one week. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to botch it in Survivor one week. How can you live your life where things out of your control are going to fuck you and you're going to be constantly pissed off about it? 
I'd counter by saying, how could you not when you back the Lions and Bengals and watch that bullshit unfold in front of you? I mean, it's the fourth quarter and then the, the whole A.J. Green push off and then the, the shank miss field goal was just was was funny at that point. You, you, you can only cry at that point but or, or laugh. But well, that's what I mean. You know, it's like, how do you subject yourself to this stuff? You know, this is your job to be subjected to total bullshit. And like, yeah, you could be like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I just don't care. I'm going to close the fucking TV. I'm going to play with my kid. And that's the end of it. But then it's the end of this. It's the end of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? Like, I don't really see how, you know, there's the data scientist way of doing it where you're just like, yes, there was a 52% probability. It didn't work. It was the right process. And you don't think twice about it. Yeah, some people set their lineups and go have brunch. But yeah, no, I'm in it for the for the pain too, though. But I'm with you. It's all the misery. I only remember the bad things and, and the goods quickly brushes away. 49ers could have had a, uh, a screen pass to George Kittle against the worst defense against tight ends for an easy touchdown executed properly. Uh, one missed block, a, a slightly high throw by the erratic Jimmy G, and uh, Kittle, you know, suffers this knee injury that ruins the rest of his season and the Niners season's over as opposed to, you know, going back to the Super Bowl or something. These little things can happen in a week and just totally change all the ridiculous fumbles and the penalties. And that Niner game, Kyler Murray got 15-yard penalty, I think, four times for sliding, and the defenders didn't lead head first or anything. They just touched him with their hands, and apparently you're not allowed to do that if you slide in the very last second. And that was like 90 yards of penalties or something, give or take. But anyway, I'm with you. It's frustrating and it's maddening, and at least we're in the same boat. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of people in that boat, except those soulless data wow. scientist types who just, like, do the math, set the lineup, and then they're, they're not even, you know, they can't be bothered. It's just a math equation. No, no, that was the right process. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate that the guy I told you to start got zero, and the guy I told you to sit got three touchdowns. It was the right, pro- it was the right process. It's fine. And like, I don't want to be like that, but I don't want to, and I don't, I'm not saying that it's just the NFL. The NFL is just one thing. I mean, it's just one thing. There's, we're in this political environment that's just toxic. You know, economy is not doing well. And, and then the NFL, you think, oh, what a respite. You know, I, I felt like everybody else is like, wow, you know, uh, an oasis of normalcy. It's like all this 2020 shit, but the NFL is the NFL. You watch it, it's like, it's normal. I feel normal. Like I'm watching football games. That's what I do on Sundays. It's a normal thing. But for me, it's like, Oh yeah, this shit again. Oh, this shit. This being enraged again. Oh yeah, and I remember this. I remember this feeling. I was out of it for like, you know, I'd get it once in a while when I, like this week when I sat Mike Miner, who pitched the gem, and I put in uh, Taiwan Walker in the 21-20 run Yankee game. <laughs> you know, but like, uh, it, baseball, it's here and there, but like football, it's like in your face. Yeah, no, it's all at once too, the day of, and yeah, it's very frustrating and at least you don't even like give the like lineup advice to have people attack you on Twitter at least either. You don't deal with oh, any you deserve of that, that shit. Either. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of people, and uh, just, you know, just the people that do their sit start advice and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I do of course. Uh, but, um, yeah, I hear you, man. And it's very frustrating and I get, um, I'm with you. I get, uh, I get, I rate myself on Sundays, but I'm trying to get more Zen like, and I've actually talked, had the inner dialogue this week and say, do, did not do this. It's okay. Shit's bound to happen, so just expect it. So, but it's easier said than done. Yeah, shit will happen. I mean, I hate the start sit. People ask me, I'm like, deal with your own problems, dude. I got my own start sit dilemmas. I don't want to take on your burden. I got my own fucking problems. I'm going to just take yeah. on your burden. And now I made a bad call, and you're pissed at me because I don't want that. 
you know, it's a, again, any, anything below 40% chance is an easy call and you live with it. It's like I had Nahe Mines on my bench, but I mean, you know, who's going to start him with three running backs there? That's not a big deal. I, I was annoyed, but it, it's not the same. Uh, but like whenever it's between 40 and 60%, it's a tough call. It's going to go wrong a lot. Those people who like bitch at you when you give them a bad lineup advice, it's like, dude, it, it's 40, 60. If you're answering a hundred questions, you're going to get 40 of them wrong. Think about how many people want to kill you for just doing your job. It's just, it's just a shitty, it's, it's, I, I tell people this one's too close. You make your decision. And then I don't even fly. I flat don't even answer them most of the time, but you know, survivor's just as bad. And so is yeah. you know, handicapping is yeah, good no, because handicapping is good. Cause it's just a win or a loss. And it's like, look, dude, it's 50, 50, take your pick. Like I, it, you can never be like handicapping is uh, anyone who's not a total moron. Who's like, Dude, you know, you got that. How could you take this team? It was so obvious. You know, people don't understand the game. They just don't understand. But like, so with handicapping, you're kind of safe because any bad pick you make, I guess you're not safe if you have like a 38% against the spread winning percentage one year or something like that. You're not safe if you do that. But like any given week or any given game, it's like, dude, there's no right or wrong with the spread. You know, anybody can make a case for any side of the spread. There's no, it's all 50-50. Right. So I read a sit start column for every single game. They had me pick one. Uh, so it's 32 players. And like bus, uh, pl- people don't like hearing their own players uh, talk negatively about. So um, I-, I said sit Aaron Rodgers this week one. And that, you know, he had like 6.4 YP on the road last year. But man, that uh, didn't didn't end up well. But the thing is, it's one thing to just get one thing wrong or whatever in the column. But that's the actual one that they used on the push right. notification oh. for the author oh. thing. So <laughs> it even said Dalton Del Don tells you to sit, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, even before the game, I had a couple people on me like, we're going to revisit this during the game and all this stuff. So right. that that I, I was even warned beforehand that we're going to revisit this. So when Rodgers is slinging it before, it's just like, OK. I mean, this is this is fun. I couldn't couldn't have picked any of the other players or just to start either. If I got that wrong, they're less mad. But anyway, yeah, it's a little uh, definitely annoying, man. That is funny. That is funny for me. It's less about the other people chirping. I mean, I don't want to be responsible for other people's shit, but it's more just like I just don't want to have shitty failed teams. You know, I don't want to so, be. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I like the comedy of this That's job. It. I like the funniness of this job. I think it's funny what we do, and I like goofing on shit. I think it's part of the job. But I don't want to be completely just the jokester who actually sucks. Do you know what I mean? There's there's that role too where you actually suck and you're funny and that's your role. You know, like the Norm Chad doing poker. Like he's great, right? Like that guy was funny, but he doesn't like pur- he doesn't like purport to know anything about poker. He's just like you know he probably knows yeah. quite a bit actually because he, he's funny. But like he's just funny, right? So people like him. I still want to be competitive in the NFFC. I still want to be competitive in the super contest. I'm not just, it's not just a big joke. It's not only a joke. It's a joke, but I'm also taking it seriously. That's the other thing. Oh, no question. And I have to get seriously like in preparation too. So it's extra frustrating that that doesn't result in, you know, some results. So, um, yeah, I hear you. I take my fantasy super serious and yeah, I get really into it. And it's not just the, the, I mean, frankly, yeah, I just, I don't like to hear it, but no, I'm worried about my own players for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, but it's glad. Hey, it's, it's, I'm glad this is what we're bitching about though. And, um, uh, man, it, is it, is this going to work then? I, 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 what is the deal? There's not going to be like any positive or positive tests or something from this. I mean, it's, it's interesting that that's, it's completely not even talked about now. NFL's like, fuck you, COVID and Apparently, fuck you, totally, everybody else. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like, okay, football's going We're we're happy. We like football. We'll see that. That's my prediction. And you know, through one week, it seems to be holding up. We'll see what happens. Could be totally wrong, but 
there's going to have to be like some deaths or something before they, people are like, when there are all those like head injuries and suicides that happened, Junior Seau and a bunch of other guys, that guy in the Chiefs, and like everyone's like, well, the NFL, you know, they just need to stop this. It's like gladiators. This is wrong. And people are like, when are they going to just stop this? This is, how, how is this legal? And I'm like, the day the NFL will stop is when a helmet comes off someone's head and the head is still in the helmet. That's when it ends. Until then, they are not stopping that shit. Jeremy Nichols on the Titans actually tried to like gain yards with his helmet. Yeah, fell off real man. On night. That's a yeah, real he man was, move. He was a real man. <laughs> <laughs> he really was. No, I, I'm sorry that you lost the, the Survivor, man. That's that sucks. It's week one. I did it a couple years ago in that Thursday night game. With the I Patriots. did that too. So, I've lost yeah. three of the last four years. I lost with the Saints two years ago when they they lost to the Bucks. They were the biggest favorite oh, on the board. Yeah. Not that that's an excuse. I mean, the point spread is just. I did both those. I did the previous two and the Chiefs and then the Colts. So, you know, but it's not. You know, look, it's bad. Like, I, I really thought the Colts were going to just steamroll them and the Jacksonville had traded away all its defense and whatever. But Rivers, fucking Rivers, I, I comment on this. There is no way Rivers is a Hall of Famer. There is, he is the antithesis of a Hall of Famer. I mean, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, if there was any question if it was Chargers or the Rivers, it was answered in one week. I, I would take back that uh, pick. I have them winning the division. I would, if I had one week do over, immediately I'd put the Titans over them after watching that nonsense. He threw the t- court running backs thirty eight percent of his passes. It's crazy, man. I'm all, hey, I'm happy Jonathan Taylor and yep. Lions can be and at top twenty PPR. I, I believe even with Taylor staying healthy. Um, and uh, but man, otherwise I'm with you. Rivers, that team is absolutely not dangerous at all come playoff time. Yeah, he's got he's got no down. He's got receivers. He's got Paris Campbell and Hilton. I mean, he, it looks like they could do something, but he's cooked. And Brissett's terrible, so it's not like they can like put in the backup. It's not like you have Nick Mullins who's way better than the starter. It's not a situation like that at all. And it's one thing for us to say they have a strong offensive line. It's another for them to actually, you know, you better dominate. You know, Quentin Nelson's already dealing with the banged up back or whatever. You know, you better be really good. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely skeptical. And and uh, it's easy for you to say that now. I I, I think I picked him to give the points to though but i just personally when you have all those games man it's just you just don't i guess home road doesn't matter as much what you're thinking i mean i don't know i went with the ravens but um i didn't love it either but just picking a road team in week one i just i don't know yeah i mean I guess that would be one thing that we've done that we've done not we like me and you but we like as an industry or just people watching observing football is that shit team in the preseason that you totally mock and write off it's often not that bad. Last year, the Dolphins were that bad for the first half of the season. But there's often a team like the Jaguars where you're like, this is the worst team in the last decade. And then they come out, you know, go three and one in the first four games. And you're like, what? The year that Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer just refused to report to the Bengals. And Andy Dalton was a second round rookie and he just had to play because their starter didn't even report. And right. the Bengals made the playoffs that year. And, and, they were like, and they got destroyed in the preseason. People were like, this is like the worst. This is like an 0-16 team. So I, you know, I did that with the Jags. I was like, oh, they got rid of Ramsey last year. They just they got rid of Ngakwe. They're just gutting the defense. Nope. Oh yeah, like two years ago they were the best defense. They had like nine of those eleven guys were gone, or maybe only one or two left or something. But yeah, I, yeah. No, Gardner Minshew, man, who completes ninety five percent of their passes. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it was it was also just you know, Rivers. But I got to say about Rivers, like. Miss field goal. You always get a missed field goal in your survivor loss. That just is, that's just one of those things when it happens, you know, it's coming, you know, and there's that. And just, but I, I want to say about rivers, I'm, you know, definitely negative on Eli, although now that he's retired, I appreciate him a little bit because they won two super bowls and you know, he delivered when he had to, but I've always been a negative, negative on Eli and, and thought like they sucked up to him, kept him five or six years too long. 
but and I don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he is, even though he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, neither of which he deserved. You know, which you could put one of these two guys in the Hall of Fame. Definitely Eli over Rivers, and it's not close. Eli, the case is they won two Super Bowls. That's gigantic, massive. Rivers, the case is look at the YPA, dude. That's it. Yeah. That guy is just a, a scourge, Rivers. And I know people like him, and he's probably a goofy, funny, cool guy. But seriously, man, that guy has fucked over more people in Survivor against the spread, his own team. There's just, it's just. Can't. I'm all I'm all about YPA, and I, and I agree with you here. Um, at some point, quarterback wins. Uh, at some point, kind of can matter. At some and, career uh, wins. And it's not just career, wins. Like Eli right. was 500. He was a 500 quarterback. But I mean, he won he, two Super Bowls, dude. That's, he also made humongous throws in those Super Bowls and yeah. in those playoff runs. I mean, it wasn't just total. I mean, the defense obviously played well, but he made some really, really big throws. I mean, that, what was that one to Manningham? Not just the uh, right. one everyone remembers, but that Manningham sideline play was just backed up on his goal line uh, in that Patriots second it was one. huge. So good. Yeah, it was huge. But again, I don't think Eli should get in. I just don't think he was one of the yeah, top. Rivers. I, I hear you. No, I, I don't think Eli was one of the top five QBs. You know, almost he maybe his best year. He was a top, he was the fifth best QB. That's that's not Hall of Fame, man. You just you need to be like a top three QB for like six years, you know, in the league uh, to be in the Hall of Fame. And Rivers just, I mean, just can't. So and and so funny. You, you're saying you you, you picked the team that you everyone thought was going to be bad. And it's, it's hilarious that Jonathan Taylor leads all rookie receivers and re, I'm sorry, in re, rookies in receiving yards. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire, zero catches, but all the goal line looks were like Neiman, Neiman Hines comes in the goal line there. He just football, man. It's not, not the easiest to predict. Yeah. None of the shit is. I'm going to tell you, I sat Mike Miner. I was like, guys had a bad ERA. He's been off. He hasn't been a starter for a while. Complete game shutout, like seven strikeouts on my back. Like, and I, I had him in there, and I subbed him out in the last minute. It's just, it's it, it wears on you, man, to to constantly be getting disappointed in the outcomes that you're rooting for and predicting. Is it just after a while you're like it just pisses you off now. Look, I don't want to hear the bullshit like, oh, well, you know, you could have a real job where you're breaking rocks with an axe all day in the heat. Yes, that would be worse. There's zero doubt about that. But that doesn't, you know, I, I hate that line of reasoning like, oh, well, oh, you're, you're unhappy that you broke your leg? Well, somebody has cancer. Oh, you're unhappy you have cancer? Somebody just got eaten to, by these bugs out in the woods. They, they, the ants ate them, you know, over a 48-hour period. What are you worried about? You know, you can always find someone who has it worse. So that's, I think, I, I hate that line of uh, dismissiveness uh, about someone like, this sucks or I'm pissed about this. You can always say it's worse. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly, uh, most people have it worse. But still, I don't like being in the state of fucking angst and rage over predicting shit that I realize, even though I might, some of them might feel stronger than others, but where, you know, you don't have control over it. Yeah, I can't speak for our listeners, but you picked the right audience with me here. So, because I, yes, I, I'm with you and I, I share your pain. Right. So, I don't know if that's why. It might not just be the NFL. I just feel like. Yeah, what else? What else I, you I, I, know, I, I, you know, I didn't write anything down. I just feel like we're in a huge era of fraud one thing that's heartening and i don't know because i you know i'm just like in my world but i feel like more and more people are starting to wake up a little bit to like just the fact that the mainstream story not just the media with politics but just food medical system the, the everything is bullshit like i feel like more and more people are at least if they haven't totally woken up they've got like one eye open they're like huh i used to think this and in some ways, it's encouraging. The thing that's discouraging is I read a quote, 
And somebody said the purpose of propaganda wasn't to make you think the things that we were saying were true. It was to make you stop believing in anything. And then we could just do what we wanted and get away with it. So, for example, you'd have Bill Clinton involved in the Epstein stuff, and obviously Hillary was in the island and all that other stuff. Now people are just like, well, I don't know. I, that might be true, but who the hell knows? There'll be like some other theory that's the opposite of that. Who knows if um, Trump's being influenced by Putin? You know, I, I don't think so, but you never know. Who knows what corrupt stuff is underneath that? And so all the shit, some of which is proven stuff, just gets lumped in with like general, yeah, it's so corrupt and so much malfeasance. Like, I don't know. You know, there, there's a whole thing of like, okay, there's these fires burning. Like, oh, climate change. Gavin Newsom, like, it's climate change, these fires in California. And other people are like, no, it's bad uh, fire policy where they don't let smaller fires burn or clear out stuff and do it the way that you're supposed to do it. It's neglect. And then when they, when they go up, they go up huge. And so, like, what's true? Like, you, you can't get to the bottom of anything that days. COVID is obviously the biggest example. Oh, well, hydrochloroquine, it works. No, that's just bullshit. That's just a political thing. You can't even retweet, like, a thing about the fires or COVID because someone else will come out with, oh, no, that's been debunked, and there'll be some thing. And, and, and so the purpose of the propaganda isn't to make you think one thing or the other, but just to keep you so paralyzed that the government and powerful factions can get away with, like, utter malfeasance and you'll just be like arguing some shit that's just uh, you know unresolvable. That's scary. Yeah, is it even your own thoughts? Um, I try. I try to go with both. Try to get as much of both sides as possible. But yeah, maybe that is just completely unavoidable to to be warped your opinion. And yeah, I don't know. Where, where do you where do you go from here then? How do you how do you counter that thing? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, there's some things that I know about. Like I know about nutrition and health, and I know who's lying and who's telling the truth. I, I but mean, so many things we can't be there firsthand. So you're just like relying. You know what I mean? So it's tough. I don't know. Right. Don't we know. can't do the experiment. We can't start start a bunch of fires in a new place and see what <laughs> prevents them and how bad. You know, you can't. Right. There's certain experiments you can't do, and so you can experiment with food and on yourself and see the results. I mean, you can learn. You know, not just because it's you. It's definitely true, but you can get into it and see the history of it. I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of that, but yeah, I don't know, man, but it's, it's just like, and, and I remember reading that quote and I was like, Oh yeah. Like they get away with shit because you just have people screaming about it on both sides. And then you're just like in action. Then you're just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is, maybe it is this, maybe it is that. And then nothing changes. The people that, you know, they just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, do you see that Donald Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize two times last week? I did see that, yeah, because he, he brokered that deal in the Middle East. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then The Atlantic said, peace had its run and called for the war to be abolished. <laughs> the Atlantic, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Atlantic is bad. Yeah. It was funny. That was, I saw a funny thing. Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize for a speech he made in Egypt or something, but he, he didn't do shit. He was bombing those countries, but he, you know, he made a nice speech. He was a good speech speaker. And, uh, and he got the Nobel Prize. And the right-wingers were, like, really pissed about that. Like, who's this fucking guy getting the Nobel Prize? It's bullshit. And Rachel Maddow, it's like, you know, from 2000, whenever, 10 or whatever it was, she's on this soliloquy saying, you know, there's a time at which Americans would just be happy that the president of the United States got the Nobel Peace Prize, that we wouldn't be so... <laughs> divided that, that we would be you know unhappy that our own president got the Nobel Peace Prize that, that that is something that at least we could unite together about and be celebrating she did this whole thing right five minute like 
end of her show rant about how horrible it was. That no, that you know the right was not like. Look, I mean, our, our president got the Nobel Peace Prize. And Trump gets nominated for that shit, and heads are exploding. Like, what the fuck? That scumbag, how could he get the whole freestyle? And I agree. I understand. It's a bit... I mean, he did something. I mean, to me, that's one of those things that seems very corrupt behind the scenes. Like, those, like, Israel, UAE, those type places that, like, oppress, like, the, the other parts of the Middle East. Like, but what the fuck do I know? Maybe it is legit. Who knows? But the point is... She's not making that same speech. That only applied when her side got the spe- got the prize. It, it's not uh, applying right now. Like, hey, our president right. got nominated. This should be a, a cause for celebration. So it's like I, I, I tweeted out. There's a pretty funny uh, cartoon thing that I tweeted out, retweeted. This guy, Ian Bremmer, tweeted this thing. He said basically like somebody does – he's like a, a flow chart for politics. He says somebody does a thing. Someone has done a thing. And then the next thing is, are they on our side? Yes, it's fine. No, bastard. That's basically the that's the summed yeah. up. Yeah, sums it up. Um, did you see Harris actually Freudian slip say the Harris administration? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be the Harris administration. People, pay fucking attention. You see, I mean, come on. And she got some plastic surgery or something that looks kind of scary. Yeah, that's what the, the your video you pointed out a couple of weeks ago. I believe she was recovering from that, and oh. it's quite clear. Yes, that's what happened. Yes, she had. She had. Oh, did you hear about Joe Rogan? Uh, offering oh yeah, a host- four hour debate. I would love that, but obviously, obviously zero percent chance of that happening. Z- there was less than zero. Lessons there. Do you see that Biden was getting interviewed? Uh, I think it was like James Corden or something. And he had him turn around his computer. And it was clear that Biden had a, 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 a like, what do you call it? A monitor. Like he was getting fed what to say in like a, in a but he, he revealed himself that like even an, an interview back and forth, he needed to be told what to, what to say. What do you think the odds are he, uh, he would be president for, you know, for four years? He would last a whole term. Joe I mean, Biden. I think like 10 to 1. 10 to 1 against. Oh, man, I was going to get even less. Yeah, I was going to say like less than 5%. Now, there, I think. There's a 10% chance that I'm just totally wrong that like that I've been duped and these clips are like doctored or something about him stumbling around 10%. That's pretty small. Like, I mean, every, I mean, the, the amount of presidents elected that serve four years is like 90, you know, it's just like a couple got assassinated or whatever, but like pretty much everyone else, if you didn't die, or you, I mean, Biden could easily die. But this seems like honestly, this seems like one percent to me. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, I mean, I'll say ten just because we don't know what we don't know. You know, it's like we we're not that informed about the nitty gritty, but it's incredibly unlikely. You're right, though. It's possible, and um, um, I certainly hope he's uh, healthy and good to go. And I hope it does. But I mean, the, uh, the Harris administration, she's already. It's just it's just kind of funny that she's already uh, you know letting that out. There. I mean, I. I scary if someone like that takes over biden biden's just like brain dead but i think she's just craving you never know that people are like oh trump's the end of the world but he ended up being the guy who doesn't launch wars and because so much of the media and the even like the entrenched bureaucrats and deep state is against him he can't there's he's like hamstrung from getting a lot of things done so in some ways you know trump is safer than somebody who has like the deep state and the media on its side on their side, right? Like if you have those things on your side, you got the war machine, the banks, the media, they're all on your side. You're doing their bidding. Well, you can accomplish all sorts of horrors, right? Because you're, you've got all the power. So that's kind of scary. And you never know though, like if somebody gets elected and does something kind of stupid or disastrous or pisses off the wrong faction, it could change quickly. So it's very, it's very hard to, you know, to, it's kind of like saying, Oh no, the Patriots lost Drew Bledsoe to an injury. That's terrible for them. Oh wait, Tom Brady got, this guy Tom Brady came in. Is that good for them? 
you wouldn't know at the time. You don't know all the effects. You know, it's, so it's like the one thing is about the whole doom and gloom thing is as much as I think like Harris Biden would be incredibly dangerous, maybe something good would come of it, like in the sense that there'd be some different kind of resistance or something else would be exposed that changes. The, you know, you never really know. I mean, people who voted for Obama over Romney, that was, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he beat Romney, great. And then they're like, Trump's the end of the world. Well, you realize if Romney had beaten Obama, there would be no Trump. Right. And people don't right. think about that. You're like, oh, of course I wanted Obama over Romney. I mean, Rom- yeah, Romney, is a, think yeah. Romney is yeah. a nutless monkey. I mean, let's not, let's, don't get me wrong. But the point is that had Romney won, Trump wouldn't have been president ever. So like, if you go back in time, you might want to vote for Romney because you could predict, you know, it's the whole utilitarian thing of like, well, I want this. I know what's best. You don't know what's going to happen. Romney would have prevented a Trump presidency. If you think that's the worst thing that could happen, then you should have voted for Romney. Now, you couldn't have known that at the time. But point is, like, we don't know the second, third, fourth order effects of things at all. So the idea that, oh, you have to do this, you have to vote for this person or that person, otherwise it'll be disaster, we don't know shit. Oh, that's the definite, uh, <clears throat> definite truth about that. Um, yeah. yeah. What else was I going to say? South Dakota, there they have an attorney general who thought apparently he hit a deer. I saw that. Yeah, but the next day it's turned out to be a person. I don't really have anything more to comment on that, other than that's just a wild headline. Um, yeah. So you had, you did see that one? I think it's a very smart thing to do if you're drunk driving and you kill someone accidentally. And you have and you have and you have like blood on your car and you're and you know that like somehow it's going to be very hard to get away with that that would be a very plausible story that they couldn't really disprove. Right. What? Yeah. Okay. Yes, that is, uh, right. No, I know. I'm curious how that's going to happen. Like, well, I mean, what is going to happen further? Because that's absolutely the suspicion that that's what he did. But, um, I don't know. It's, uh, that's, it's interesting. Um, okay. I, I wanted to circle back. I want to say one thing I would give, uh, Trump credit about is he's, um, it's really kind of messing with the pharmaceutical companies and the military industrial complex. Yeah. It just seems to me like just messing with those two things right there. I just, in and of itself deserves some credit. I feel like. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, the, the mainstream neocon neolibs, they won't touch any of those sacred cows. They won't touch any of them. I mean, they wouldn't even exist. There is no Kamala Harris or Joe Biden in the Senate doing stuff. If they weren't taking care of their clients, you know, they don't get as far as they, they've gotten by being the rebels in the party. They're not going to get anywhere. Yep. So the, the good thing about someone like Trump, who's an outsider, even if he's a dick, he's, he just hasn't like, you know, sucked up to these interests for 30, 40 years. He hasn't done it because he's not beholden to them in the same way. So he, he can take on some of those things in a way that, I mean, you got to know Biden and Harris are not changing or fixing anything. Like that's not their job to change or fix her. Their job is to, is to make you fear the opponent, get into office and ruthlessly execute the priorities of their clients. That's their job. All the rest of the shit is bullshit. All the rest of the shit is just talk. That's it. That's their job. Trump, you don't really know, you know, he's got his belief system. Some of which is probably a little crazy, but he, you're dealing with sort of a, person who's come from where he's come from it's a different mindset he's not been in government he that's his first real government job so it's just a different type of person there's risks with both but you know that that's just it's just a fact i mean if you if you believe any of the rhetoric about he's going to do this and she's going to do that come on 
You got to understand who these people are. It's like they are the system. That you don't like the system. That is the system. You know, they, the system is. It is, yeah. it is interesting that Trump's not a pol- politician guy, but he has ran companies. Whereas, like Biden, has he ever like fired anyone? You know, has he has he ever been the boss of people? I don't know. It's just, it, it is interesting. Biden's been in politics for like forty. I mean, Biden's been in politics since like the seventies, man. I mean, he's. I don't think he's. You know, he's never really been in the private sector. If he has, it was not for very long. Yeah, so. but I mean, is he? You know, I mean, just to be in charge of like it would be would be different. Um, I um, you want to talk some surfing? You want to talk to the the football games? Where do you want to go next? So a couple things. Uh, so you know, Sasha, she loves animals, and uh, so so we decided. Like, I've been reading some stuff. I should send you this link, but about how good seafood is for you. Like how it's like like meat's great, grass fed meat and all that. But seafood has some nutrients like the fish oils, and, and you get a lot more better absorption of the fish oils if you eat it in whole fish, shellfish. And this guy was saying, like, even though there are some contaminants in fish and you try to get the best source stuff you can, and the nutrients are so crucial, and there actually been a lot of work done saying that when, when humans got to the sea and started eating those nutrients, their brain started to expand with the DHEA and some of the, uh, the substances that are in seafood. So I was reading that shit, and I was like, ah, you know, I should eat more. Like, I eat some seafood, but... And then Heather, I mentioned to Heather, and she's like, oh, you know, these wine people that know about the food. We have this amazing produce box that comes. It's, like, ridiculous tomatoes and really good produce. Nice. And then uh, she found a... She's like, oh, yeah, they were telling me about this fish one. So it's, like, 26 bucks, 26 euros. I order it, and she's like, this is last week. This is right after the thing. And I ordered it, like, on Tuesday. And she's like, yeah, they'll send you an email. They won't just deliver it. I mean, seafood. And of course, Thursday morning, like right, right before we're supposed to leave for surfing, the buzzer rings and it's the seafood. Okay, it's like here, and it doesn't fit in the fridge. So much of it, and I got to like unpack it, and I'm like in a hurry. And uh, and one thing was a crab, and I unpacked the crab out of the ice, and he started moving. No, and what? Sasha was like, "Yeah, it's alive," you know, like that's how it's fresh. And Sasha was like, "We're like, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy, you know. He's like moving around, you know. It's like kind of sad. Like maybe we should just bring him to the surfing and just put him in the ocean, you know. I mean, just put him back, you know, where he where he belongs, you know." And Sasha's like, "Yeah, yeah, let's take him to the ocean." I'm like, "No, nah, we can't do that. You know, he's probably not his natural habitat in that like public beach area, you know." So we just put him in the freezer where he went to sleep. So uh, right, okay. I, I haven't eaten the crab yet, but the mussels, the, there's cockles, mussels, and shrimp. It was like outstandingly fresh. Like I steamed that shit with garlic and tomatoes and chili peppers and olive oil, salt, pepper, oregano that I grow on the balcony. I'm telling you, man, I was eating this stuff. I was like, this stuff is is so delicious. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, the seafood is the healthiest thing in the world to eat. And I eat a, a, quite a bit of salmon. Uh, the Chinook or the King King salmon is uh, the best. Yeah, the, the omega three ratio that is the by far better. There's actually some some dangers in getting it with the fish oil. So yeah, it's eating it the real deal. And uh, yeah, totally with you here. Seafood is the most healthiest food on the planet for you. Again, but you got to get it uh, wild caught. Yeah. Well, this huge they, difference, they, like they, like night and day difference. Uh, oh, farm yeah. farm fish is yeah. like bad. Yeah. Farm salmon is like poison. It's shit. Right. Um, you might as well be eating a different food to be clear. And and the problem is a lot. I don't even know about restaurants, although that matters less these days. But um, yeah, you want to get that um, definitely the wild caught. It's sure. very hard to get wild salmon in Portugal. It's it's really Alaska is where it is. They, they farm it in Norway here and shit. And you're better off eating grain fed meat, I believe, than farm salmon. Like, if you're going to go with shit, just eat, like, regular supermarket meat. It's way better than farm salmon. And right. then the wild salmon is great, 
Uh, they didn't, I didn't order salmon because they don't have wild, so I had to get like you know crab and shellfish and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. You just put a bunch of butter on it too, which you love. So yeah, it's a way to go. I haven't made it. It's still in the freezer, but I'm going to crack them open. And my friend who's kind of a chef like told me what to do. He said, leave it out for an hour, then break it up into pieces and, and cook it in butter and garlic, simple in the pan. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to learn. I love crab. Never made it myself, though. Um, nice. Good times. Uh, all right, you want to talk these games? What, what I wanted you to, to talk, say what Rufus said uh, on the Oh, yeah, the Rufus. Because I, I only heard like heard it in the background as I was getting ready to do peanut pot. So, I, so, so explain that. So what the, here's the whole premise is, you know, the Patriots have covered it like a 58% clip since 2001, which is, seems like insane. Like, oh, just bet the Patriots every week, every year. You're going to just print money. And literally, you could have. But Belichick's also been accused of cheating quite a bit. And so I said, well, you know, if this guy's not... Remember, beating the spread is not like just winning Super Bowls. You can win Super Bowls because your team is good. But beating the spread means you're beating what you're supposed to be doing. You're beating what your team's statistical output says you should be doing. It means you have some other edge above and beyond the quality of your play that's most indicative of you know, how well you should do in the future. So... I'm like, that's pretty weird. And then Rufus looked it up and said, you know, the Patriots, believe it or not, their output on average, including the losses where they underperformed, is plus 3.2 points over what the spread said they would do, which is just unbelievable on average. It's a huge 3.2 points. is massive. Yeah, and, and that was the end of the year, and we, we didn't have them on, and, and so I didn't really get in touch with them about it. But I said, what is the number two team? Because if the number two team was like 0.8 and the Patriots are 3.2, then... That's like, again, it's like saying... Like, Exhibit well, one for cheating. Oh, of course, because cause when you're better than the rest of the... When you're the best at something, you're the best by some margin, but it's not by, like, triple. It's like if I were a professional... I've, I've used this example. If I were a professional runner and, you know, the record for the miles, like, 343 or something like that, and I were like, yeah, I did in 340 by myself. I, I, you know, I timed it, and here's a video. You'd be like, wow, that's a world record, man, you know, I mean, not me personally, but if I were literally like an Olympic, you know, world, you know, gold medalist. But if I said I did it in three minutes, people would be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like if you beat the record by a second or two, it would be incredible. And people would, you know, if you proved it or did it again, like people that are, did it in 340 or 345, they'd be like, oh, I believe him. But if you said you did it in three minutes, it's like, no, dude, it's just not, you don't make a 40, 40 second improvement off the world record. And that's what I thought it was. Like, they're three point, three point two points. The next guy will probably be point eight. It's like, no, he's cheating, obviously. But it turns out that, that John Harbaugh, and it's not as big of a sample. It's only like 10 years or whatever, 12 years, 2.9 points. And Andy Reid, if you take his Eagles and Chiefs, he beats the spread on average by 2.4 points. He revealed that today on the show. And to me, that's right. sort of like, yeah. I'm yeah. sure Belichick pushes everything to the edge and has gone over the edge at times. But having heard that, my inclination is, I think it's mostly just that he's better at his job than those other guys. I mean, again, he's done some shady stuff, but I don't think that's the, I think that's by far the smaller explanation rather than the more likely explanation now. Yeah, and one of the points he, he brought up that the coaches that are uh, so bad, they, they don't last long enough right. to have a big sample of right. the, the Ray Hanleys of the world. Right. You know, they don't, they don't last long enough. So that was interesting. So, yeah, that was a good exhibit A then on the counter that no, they're not, uh, you know, overtly che- or cheating any more so than, you know, at some outlier range. So, yeah. that yeah, that was very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was good. Put it to rest. My uh, Patriots are just a bunch of yeah. cheats theory. So it is what it is. You got to go where the evidence takes you. 
That's right. All right, want to go through these games real quick? All right, let's go through these games. All right, so we were 2-2-1. Two, two I'm pissed. I thought we were 3-1-1 one, one because I thought we took Seattle, but instead we took stupid Panthers. I knew we took the Panthers, but I thought – I didn't realize we had the Lions. I thought we had the Panthers. Yeah, it's true. Frustrating. Yeah, all right, so – I shouldn't have listened to fucking Jeff Erickson. That was a mistake. That was our mistake. All right. For so sure. you need someone to blame. And if, if Jeff's, Jeff's just going to have to, he's just going to have to do for this, uh, this show. All right. Let's do this. Ready? Yeah. All right. Bengals plus six at Browns. I made the line four. Uh, I thought I was going to be on the Browns because I was like, I'll take them to bounce back. And then it was six. And I'm like, sorry, I can't, I can't lay six with what I saw from week one. What do you, what do you like? Yeah, I got to take the points here. I mean, yeah, there's no way you would take Cleveland and Survivor. I mean, Burrow might be the better quarterback already. So, I mean, I could see Chubb and, and Beckham having big games or whatever, but it's just certainly a stay away as far as a super contest, but took the points. I took the, I feel way more confident week two than week one, which is not normal, but um, just so many reflexive dogs this week for me. Yeah. By the way, there were four unanimous picks, and one of them was the Cowboys, and your best bet, PNL's, and Jeff's was, and it was almost mine, but I, I switched to the Colts at the last minute. So, very interesting that how much everyone's on them. Anyway, okay, so Bengals, possibility. Rams minus one at Eagles. Who you got? Would definitely use this if you wanted. Um, big on the Eagles here. I saw every member of the inside the NFL was like, how could you not take the Rams here? Aaron Donald's going to kill this offensive line. And this line, Vegas Insider, shows it opened at four and a half Eagles. I mean, that's that's going way too far. You buy low, sell high. Uh, definitely, um, definitely like the Eagles. Yeah, Lane Johnson likely to play and... Maybe Miles Sanders play. matters yeah. like running backs. I get running backs don't matter, but like losing you're down to Corey Clement in the middle of that game last week. And like Deshaun Jackson was playing limited snaps. Uh, Sanders is back practicing. So I, I don't know. I, I would use them. Like I said. Yeah. Okay. I use them too. They were, they were an easy call for me. I made it Eagles minus three as Rams minus one yeah. uh, Panthers plus nine at bucks. Uh, took the points. I don't know what to make of, of Brady. Uh, well, hey, he joined Blaine Gabbert and Matt Schaub throwing a pick six in three straight games, but I'm not ready to write his obituary. He, he drew a bunch of pass interference downfield. He looked fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, but that said, I take the points here. I just don't know. Tampa Bay's getting a ton of respect. I made it a nine and a half. I'm sorry. I made it eight and a half and it's nine. So I took the Panthers also, but I'm not strong in it. Broncos plus seven and a half. It's Steelers. Who you got here? I took the points as well, but this is one of my least favorite games of the week, but I took the points. I made this line seven, so it was six and a half originally, and I took the Steelers, then it went to seven and a half, so I took the Broncos. All right, Falcons plus four and a half at Cowboys. This is your best bet. I'm in on it. I made this line eight. I just think, you know what? The Falcons can't play defense, and they're going to Dallas. They'll score some points, but they're not going to score enough. Yeah, I know Dallas' offensive line is a problem, but they have massive home road splits. It's not just Cooper, it's Dak. And uh, yeah, I, I still expect their offense to be really good. And four and a half is not a ton when the over-under is 53. This opened at seven and a half. Um, yeah, I like the Cowboys to roll. I, I was debating between the Eagles and Cowboys as my best bet. So those are the two that I would right. push for to use. Fine. I'm in on both of those. those. Those are two of my biggest four. Jets getting seven at home against the Niners. Niners minus seven at Jets. I made this line six and a half. I really did not want to take the Jets, but it's seven, so I took them. Niners are banged up. They've probably got smog-filled lungs. They've got to go across the country for an early game. Just give me the Jets. Uh, I wouldn't have fought you if you wanted to use the Jets as well. I mean, Garoppolo clearly just needs ideal conditions, and he's down a center, a guard, and his top three receivers and maybe Kittle 
uh, who will be compromised if he does play. And obviously, they're big time. It helps their running game, too. Now, Richard Sherman is on IR. Right. They're um, devastated. They lost to yeah, Forrest Buckner. No, traveling a- all the way to New York and have a seven-point spread on the road, even if they're, like, ideal, he wouldn't want to feel confident with that. So I, I, I like the Jets. In the all right. I'll take the Jets. It was Rufus Peabody's best bet is the Jets. Okay. I, yeah. I, 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 yes. I mean, yeah. The okay. Niners are banged up. I mean, yeah. Who wants the Jets now, too, with Darnold looking so bad? But I could see a Crowder catching 15 balls and and keeping it close enough. Yeah. Bills minus five and a half for the Dolphins. Um, I I took the Dolphins, but I keep uh, being wrong about the Bills. But that's a stay away for me. Yeah, I took the Dolphins narrowly, made the line four and a half. Vikings plus three at Colts. I see you have the Vikings here. You're the only one. I made the Colts my best bet. I despise Rivers, but I think the Vikings defense is soft. And Jonathan Taylor is going to go berserk against it. And the Colts defense didn't play especially well, but there's, you know, they have Thielen and Cook, and that's basically it. I think Cousins is pretty good, and this isn't what I would argue, but it's just, come on, Rivers is the favorite. They're going to win by four, and they're going to hold on to that lead against a good Vikings team that had like, this team was like one of the best point differentials last year. Um, they lost, they lost I'm so many guys more hearing all of you guys on the Colts. Uh, you're going to really hate rivers even more after this. So I, I'd love to see my guy, Taylor and Heinz go off and maybe that Minnesota secondary, super young and Hunter, they lost. So Hunter, Everson Griffin, they lost like their yeah. entire defense. Yeah, it's possible. And Diggs. Yeah. All right, fine. That's a stay away. That's stay away for me. Okay. okay. Well, I don't really okay. care. It's my best bet, but I, I don't, oh, that's your best bet. My bet. Okay. If no, no, no. And then absolutely. I, I just felt like the Colts played a horrible game on the road. Quentin Nelson had some back issues. I think they're going to. Yeah, real man, real man says use it. No, no, no. This is yeah. a, a team deal. Let's let's go. Yeah. You want to use it? Yeah, I want to use it. I think the Colts. I think it's a good buy low. I hate Rivers so much. You're right. I will hate that dude so much if he throws this away. And they and they. You but know, I like that you didn't let Survivor, you know, totally ruin. You know, you're, you know, you didn't totally. Buy I mean, I, I really do think that Rivers sucks, but I I think like for him it's being a caretaker, which we got to do. Like th- those throws that like out that he threw the pick on was so stupid. Like, just don't do it. Just dink and dunk and hand it off. Right. You got to be drew Brees Now don't try to make the throw, just throw to the open guy, take what you get, use your personnel and, and, you know, drive down the field, use the run after the catch. So we'll see. He, he's, he's bad. Lions plus six at Packers. I took the Packers, I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's the Vikings secondary is that bad or it's Rodgers now has confidence in MVS and uh, Lazard a little bit in addition to Adams, but they're only, they're only laying six and they got to be better than the Lions. First of all, it's annoying we use the Lions as super contest. I picked them to win the division, got a, a little action on them at plus 425-ish. Um, and not only they blow a fourth quarter lead, but it's like Swift Andy Galladay. Is hurt. Uh, number three pick Okudu is suddenly inactive out right. of nowhere. It's just like ridiculously annoying. But, and Swift uh, dropped a touchdown. They had it won. Yes, exactly. And if that wasn't enough, a drop touchdown in your face, right? Um, I'm still taking the points here. Because maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers is, is totally in FU mode all, all year long. But I, I think Stafford still, they were comfortably winning that game. And I still like Stafford to, to at least keep this close. So I took the points. Okay. Giants plus five at Bears. I would use this. The Giants defense is pretty bad. They try, but they just, they're not very good. But Danny Dimes looked great to me. 
And I don't know what, I don't know why they cannot block for Barkley. I, I, this has been like the last 17 games dating back to last year. They hand him the ball and there's three guys taking the handoff with him in the backfield and he has no chance. And then when he once in a while gets in space on a reception or a run, it's like, here we go. Here's Barkley. This guy's electrifying. But it's like they cannot run block at all. And they've invested in their offensive line. It's possible the Bears defense dominates here and causes a bunch of fumbles, but I'm with you here taking the points. Uh, they, you know, they may have lost to a really good Steelers team, and there's still the Trubisky issue. Trubisky is going to cover you know, a touchdown here, so um, yeah, I liked the points as well. Okay, we're going to use the Jets and Giants. That's some scary shit. Jaguars plus nine at Titans. It was like, I had this line at nine and a half, and it was ten, so I was going to take the Jaguars. It went down to nine, so I took the Titans. I'm not really strong on this one. Not strong at all either. I'm uh, laying the points. Sorry. I am. I will take the dog, but I'm leaning toward using the Titans and Survivors. So you never like the Titans not, too. And it's, if I got bounced the second week in a row, you know, like by the same team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jacksonville. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Next one. All right. Football team plus six and a half at the Cardinals. I'm going football team. I think Haskins kind of sucks, but their defense might be decent. And Kyler Murray. I mean, you probably watched more of the game than I did. He ran around and made some good scramble plays, but he had like five point something yards per attempt it was not impressive hopkins was the only guy he got involved nothing special from Kenyon drake or edmonds it was just it was a weird game and i think washington is gonna it's gonna be a close game yeah they always play the niners tough and like i said a ton of these personal foul penalties a blocked uh field a blocked punt in that niners game washington i could have been talked into to using i think that yes philly's offensive line is a problem but i'm more given credit to washington's improved defensive line last week i'll wait sacks or whatever i think uh yeah i think uh, this is a live dog and um good enough it, i think haskins is good enough logan thomas uh would do work against the tight end vulnerable cardinals so uh, yeah i like washington as well yeah and ron rivera like he's not splitting the atom but he's a guy who gets respect he gets his team play for right. hard, he's for not like a, hard he's hard. not a nutless sure. monkey do you know what i mean like some of nope. these coaches they've had so it's yeah okay we, we like them ravens minus seven at texans i made this six and a half and i was really bummed to see it at seven because i don't want to take bill o'brien against the ravens but it is what it is you bet the number not the team so i took the texans yeah, I laid the points. It's a sucker side. Pinau is on the home dog as well. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like you are too. This is definitely one of the ones I don't feel as confident about. But, man, that looks like a pretty unstoppable machine on offense in Baltimore. It does, but the Browns are such a bunch of sacks that I, I don't want to read too much into it. Pinau both said this. In a, are we overreacting to one week, or we both think easily right now Mark Andrews, number one fantasy tight end, rest of the season, given the, what we just saw first week? What do well, you think? I mean, he's number three, and Kittle's hurt, so he's got to be yeah. number two. So it's yeah. Kelsey versus versus Andrews, and I think it's pretty close, right? I mean, it's... it's all those touchdown upside, man, and he just gets all the, the all the targets that went away to Hurst. I think it's almost obvious. I think, yeah, Andrews going to be a monster. All right, next Chiefs minus eight and a half at Chargers. I made this line eight, so I'm on the Chargers. But again, it's very narrow. I really like the Chiefs to just, I don't know, I guess giving eight and a half on the road is just so much against a pretty good defense. But I was on the Chiefs side here. I just think they're this, this they're going to name their score this this year. That whole second half, he, Mahomes is dealing with a dislocated kneecap. Look at what he did in September and the 50 TD year the year before. Uh, let's just, can, can Baltimore play KC? you know, right now, because it looks like those two teams are destined to me, but uh, I laid the points. Yeah, I, I, I see it. I, I wanted to take the Chiefs. It's just, I drew a line. I said, you know, the Chargers, Chris Harris and Casey Hayward, 
it's like the best car. I mean, if they had Derwin James there, it's unfortunate he got hurt again because it'd be like the all world secondary. But Mike still, Williams looks like a star too, dude. I already yeah. made the, the overreaction and, and proclaimed I'd rather him than Keenan Allen. He, he looks uh, I, new Q, QB willing to go to him deep like that. I, I like Mike Williams. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I can't believe he was so hurt and he got hit so many. He takes so many hits though. Mike Williams. Yeah, that's true. All right. Pats plus four at the Seahawks. I was the only one who took the Pats. I believe in Cam. I think that guy's good. I think he's going to be even better in a, in a better system. I know he's still learning the system. I love that the Seahawks got Russell Wilson involved early, but the Patriots are a wily bunch. I don't know. I, t- I took the points. So Seattle used to be unfair to have these primetime night games with the crowd. So obviously that's not an issue. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do like a $20 bet with you if you want on this because I'm fairly confident. I mean, it's, if, I, I hope that was a, a, an, ab- an anomaly uh, an aberration but if uh, russell wilson if they're going to let him throw on first downs at a greater percentage than even the chiefs did last year like they did in week one that's a problem for the 49ers and the rest of the league and i'd love to see cam newton do that um outside of a home game against the dolphins and and make some progressions and throw the ball downfield uh, but it's possible seattle's d lines back so uh, yeah that, that, this is going to be a fun one i'm going to do my weekly column during these boring afternoon games so i can watch this sunday night one what again annoying nine games in the morning and three in the afternoon and, and i don't this mind one. i don't mind that everyone bitches about that i don't care it's fine with me yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do it for 20 just for the hell of it i mean I'm not, four points lock yeah, in seattle yeah. minus four yeah, let's do 20 yeah. on that prime time. Cool. 20. i'm cool. not like yeah. i'm not like, not like one of my best bets but my feeling was take the four but the Pats, they're going to figure out something to do. That's Bad against Belichick usually wins, as we as illustrated yeah, exactly. earlier. Saints minus five and a half at the Raiders. It's a unanimous pick. Everyone took the Raiders. I made it four and a half, so it wasn't like I'm huge on it. I just think there's no fans of the opening of the new stadium, but it's, it's a long way for the Saints to travel. No Michael Thomas. I, by the way, I could not be more annoyed with that dude. I took that dude in our league because I was going to play it safe because Dalvin Cook was too Adams. risky. Adams, man. Uh, Adams, yeah. you're right. I know. It's, uh, right. It, right. I was like, it's not the zero uh, running back that's bad. If I got Adams and Hopkins at the, those two picks. I, I did not see. I, I, I will claim victory on Adams over Thomas, which I was shouting. But boy, Hopkins, I was one of those nutless monkeys like, ah, oh, new year. I mean, new team, you know, I was like, I, well, he looks like I'm, I love how it took him one game to set a career high in, in receptions. But yeah, Michael Thomas, man, sorry. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, the one year I take that guy too. I never liked that guy. I never drafted him. I never liked him. I don't think he's that good. And of course he has a, not only does he get hurt, but he had a terrible game before he got hurt. So I've got enough receivers. It's funny. I stocked up on like Anthony Miller and these other guys. So I have plenty of guys to play, but I mean, we'll see. That's just sucked. I, I talked too much shit about the team. I could have been talked into this one actually with the Raiders who um, I think I underrated entering the season and overrated New Orleans. If Drew Brees is going to continue to look like this, I gave you a hard time for ranking. I'm like, buddy, look what he did in the second half. Well, if you look closer to that second half, I, I was looking at another Tom Brady possible situation and he really faded that final month and it was all dink and dunk. They may have won against Tampa Bay, but what is his YPA five and a half or yeah. something. So I, I'm very, and now that now you lose Michael Thomas. I like uh, Jared Cook uh, in fantasy quite a bit in these next uh few weeks without thomas but yeah i think vegas could easily win this game outright and um i don't know i'm, I'm skeptical on breeze suddenly so i, I like the, the home dog here yeah breeze was so efficient last year 27 touchdowns in like nine games and 7.9 ypa with four picks 41 in the last six weeks and he's already signed to a commentator deal like it's like uh um the, the coach tried to act like it was a, he accidentally said it uh that he was uh, gonna retire but it's clear that that's the plan i don't know man it's, these cliffs come quick at age 41 yeah they do all right well I, i'm on the raiders too you ready to do our uh, five picks yeah what are they so we def- we're doing the eagles the cowboys for sure 
we're doing the Giants and Jets, and I guess the Colts, right? That's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, Giants, yeah, Jets, Colts, it. Eagles, and Cowboys, and then we have the bet twenty bucks on the, uh, on the, the Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, email that to me. That's an well, easy. Dude, we got to talk a little uh, kind of craziness that um, that Godwin and, and Evans these injuries and Tampa Bay situation. That's it's funny. It's like oh, one of them's going to end up being a monster maybe if the, you know the other goes down. So that that's uh, the, the whole. God- what did you think of Brady? I mean, what did you think? Um, I mean, that first drive looked great, and he did nothing the rest of the time. He, you know, the Saints were pretty good defense. He seemed a little out of sync. You know, Mike Evans did nothing. Godwin looked like he was going to eat but then scotty miller is like a factor so i actually picked up scotty miller in the Wavos league because if godwin's out i think he's going to get a lot of catches and oj howard seems like a thing too gronk didn't do anything but give that another few weeks before i part ways with gronk i still think there's a a chance that he's useful My, my worry about brady was he looked really sharp in the preseason when nobody was really hitting him and throwing deep balls and all this stuff but he's a guy it's not that he can't throw a deep ball i think his arm is fine it's just that He's not going to throw a deep ball off his back foot like Mahomes or Russell Wilson or somebody while running. So he has to step into that throw, and it takes a, a few it takes a few seconds to develop, and he has to step forward and into it with rushers around. And that's just not his game. Like He has to get rid of the ball quickly, out of his hands, out of his hands. So it's going to be like Rivers and Breeze where it's short stuff. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I think if, if Evans were out or the hamstring got aggravated and, and Godwin got over the concussion, he could get 11, 12 catches in a game. He'll be like Edelman with more skill. And New Orleans is obviously a tough defense. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I love that my, uh, the couple guys I, I faded Brady and, uh, and Josh Allen just get these smash spots at home this week against Carolina. And Josh Allen got a decimated Jets D and now the, the Dolphins. So they're probably going to continue there. I, I do think Brady's going to, yeah, he looked fine. He didn't look totally washed at all by, by any stretch of the imagination. Cause like I said, he drew like a couple uh, PIs downfield, some, yeah. some, some deep shots. It didn't show up in the box score, but um, anyway, I'm glad football's back. He, despite our, our whole intro, cause I, I hear you, man, I get pretty, pretty frustrated about it, about it all too. Just the injuries and just the whole, just don't you want to just watch a game sometime and not like like you don't want to watch a game with no interest in it that's boring as hell right yeah i can't do it i have a problem i have to but but when you watch a game with everything going on you're sort of like i just want to watch this fucking game i don't want to be pissed that this other guy scored and i don't even i can't even look at who my opponents are starting i don't even want to know to like the second wave of games because otherwise i'm not going to enjoy when my guys score like ah but that kills me in this other place and i can't even just enjoy even what's good for my other team because someone else has the same guy it's like it's like if you really observe yourself watching football and if you're like us i don't you know not everybody who listens has i have seven leagues and survivor pools and against the spread and super contest and predictions from preseason and bets with all kinds of people you know mm-hmm. and i'm sure you have all that shit too where like if you're like us you have like a lot of that going on like just observe your moment to moment and decide is this enjoyable? <laughs> am I in a state of mind that I would consider uh, happiness and joy right now? Or am I in a state of mind that's mostly anxiety and rage? And uh, just observe yourself just as an experiment. Yeah, my daughter asked, uh, who are we rooting for here when I had all the eight games up Sunday morning? Yeah. I'm like, ah, a little bit too much to even explain, but root for the white team there. You know, it's just, it's, it's, if you really tried to explain it to anyone, yeah, it, it would be quite absurd, the amount got going on on Sundays and I, yeah, I'm in an embarrassing amount of leagues this year too. I'm with you about looking at opponents. Don't even think of that. Maybe if you're in some real important come, come playoff time for sure. But yeah, the times list, hopefully we do. Uh, oh, all right, dude. So look, we, we went two, two and one and we should have done better, but 
all the picks were plausible. None of them were 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 bad picks. And you know, I'm four and one, four and one. Just string a few together. We're we're fine. One week, not a big deal. Cool, totally. Let's do this list. Five and zero. Oh. 